Hello and welcome back to the Gritty Men Podcast. I'm John Riggs, your host, and as always, we are here to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory in these last days. Hey guys, great uh, to spend a few moments today with each and every one of you. And on the topic of our discussion today is going to be something that um, is so easy to see manifested in the lives of other people, but is oftentimes so difficult for us to identify in our own lives. And it's one of those things that we are susceptible to because at its very nature, it is the very essence of the fallenness of mankind. And so on today's podcast, I would like to talk to you about pride. Even within the word pride, the very focal point and center of the word is the letter I. And that is the real central nature of pride. It is about me, myself, and I. Now, the Word of God has a lot to say about pride. And let's look together why it is that God so hates pride in the lives of people. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, we read this. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to Him. Number one, the very first thing that is mentioned here, God hates a proud look. That is, in other words, God hates pride. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are swift in running to mischief, a false witness speaking lies, and one that sows discord among the Christian brothers. Now, there is no vice more opposed to God that God hates than pride. Pride is the manifestation, guys, of the deepest depravity at the root of all forms of sin. C.S. Lewis said this, quote, According to Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil, is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are more... Um, flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. In other words, it is through pride that Lucifer, Satan, became the devil. Pride leads to every other sin. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 4, we read this, Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked our sin. Pride, as discussed here, refers to a sinful arrogance that is haughty, insolent, self-reliance in attitude or a spirit that causes a person to have an inflated or puffed up view of themselves. Um, Now, we're not speaking of a healthy form of pride. There is actually a healthy form of pride, and there is a very unhealthy form of pride. When thinking about doing a job and doing it well, in other words, doing your very best at whatever you do, you can do that in a way that honors the Lord God. In fact, we are told in Scripture in Colossians 3, 23 through 24, that whatever you do, do it heartily. In other words, give it your best, put your heart into it, do it with zeal. 
We're to do it as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So, guys, it is one of the most destructive things that we can allow to develop in our lives. And it's one of those things that we, and I'm speaking to all Christian men, that we need to be aware can creep into our life because it is an essential part of the nature of the old man. And so we have a tendency to, um, to allow I to be the main focal point of our life. And pride is the number one thing in attribute that keeps man from God. Pride is that thing. But we know that we are called to do things for the glory of God. Pride focuses on the I, the Christian man, living for Christ and for his glory, is focusing his life pointing to Christ, not to I. That is a main, main, main difference. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says this, Paul writing here to the Corinthian believers, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Okay. Now, I have even seen this. Men can become puffed up even in their knowledge of Scripture. In fact, oftentimes you will see this, um, and we have all these little little uh, disputes that go on uh, within the church that have become so puffed up with pride that we have people dividing and leaving and starting something else. Like, like we have so many divisions within the evangelical church that should never have divided us um, to a point of separation. In fact, most of these things that we divide over are simply should be family discussions. But I gets involved and pride takes root. And then oftentimes pride puffs up and then pride will be that sin that does cause what? Dissension and separation. And I've seen this and so have you men. You've seen this many, many, many times. Uh, even within the Christian community. And it should not be that way. But pride is one of those things that is so difficult for us to see in ourselves. I'm thankful that I have a wife uh, who loves me enough to point out in my life when she sees pride creeping in. And that has happened. And my wife has called me out and she'd say, well, you know what the problem is? The problem or the reason is you're upset or the reason you feel that way is because you're being prideful. And you know what? That's hard to hear from your wife, but she's absolutely right. Nine times out of ten, pride was what was creeping in, and my pride is what caused the resistance or the anger or, or whatever it was to happen in my life. And so, guys, we're all susceptible to this thing called pride. But God hates it, and he hates it for good reason. Let me give you a definition of pride. Pride is um, inordinate self-esteem and unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority in talents, in beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or evaluation in a particular office, and this all manifests itself in lofty airs, distance, reserve, and often in the contempt of others. That is what pride looks like in an individual. 
And we see it all throughout our culture. It's rampant within our culture because we live in a culture that is outside of the, the, the saving faith of Christ. And yet we find that even though we're in Christ, we see this other aspect of pride trying to what? Continue to infiltrate itself into our life and to get us to focus on the me, myself, and the I, the whole, the whole aspect of the fallen nature and all that is a part of that. It is in complete opposition to the things of the Spirit of God. And there is a clash that goes on, and we're to crucify the old man, as we read in Scripture, and to keep an eye on that. So don't think that you're not susceptible to being prideful. Every one of us is easily susceptible to pride. And there is a false humility even I see oftentimes within the Christian church. And that's one of the reasons I think that I have such an aversion uh, not to education. I think education is a wonderful thing. But I do know this, that many men who receive their quote-unquote letters and degrees become puffed up in their knowledge and in their learning, and they become very prideful. And let me tell you something that I have learned in studying Scripture now uh, very seriously for 20 years is that I have found humility to be the reality when it comes to Scripture. The reason for that is because the longer that I study Scripture and the more knowledge that I attain, the more humility I feel because of the lack of what I really know. And even through the process in my life of growing in Christ, my theology has even changed along with it. In other words, You grow in the knowledge of Christ, and when you're taught through the Word of God by the Spirit of God in Scripture, pride is what keeps you from following the truth of Scripture and following the doctrines and the teachings of men. And so you were born and you were raised in a certain quote-unquote denomination, and you were taught these specific theological points. And pride is what keeps people in those places. Even though they may not be salvific issues, there are many issues that we've divided over in the church. And the reality is if we simply would study Scripture with an open, pure mind, allowing the Spirit of God to be the primary teacher and Scripture to be the authority by which we develop a theology that is God-centered, then we would have a lot of these things resolved. But that's not the case because pride, 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 pride is very prevalent within the church. It just is. Let's just be honest, okay? So in our own lives as men, we need to guard ourselves against pride. You need someone in your life that will call you out when you are being or you are exemplifying this thing that God hates, this prideful behavior. You need to have someone, whether it be your wife, and if your wife doesn't, and if it makes you mad, it probably makes you mad because she hits something that's true. Listen to your wife who loves you, and you know what? Anyone in leadership needs to be able to take this kind of correction or this kind of, of um, accountability. And so have a friend in your life that when they see that and it's becoming evident, why? Because it's detrimental. 
It's not good. It's dangerous. And we never glorify God when we are acting out or living in pride. It never brings glory to God. Pride is the sin that keeps men from God. In fact, let me read this to you in James, excuse me, in Romans chapter 1. If you want to open your Bible there with me or write this down, maybe you'll just make a mental note of this. But Romans chapter 1 is something that I would like you to look at with me quickly. Um, And let's see what it says here. All right. Romans chapter 1. We're going to start in verse um, 18. Follow along with me. Listen to this. Paul here writing to the Roman believers. For the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who... By their unrighteousness, that's their sin, suppress the truth. This is very, very important. For what can be known about God is plain to them. Why? Because God has shown it to them. God has shown it to them. What? God has shown something about himself that all men can know. And how did he do that? Here it is. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and his divine nature can clearly be seen and understood by what God has created. So men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they knew God existed. Why? Because creation, in God's creation, which we call nature for a reason, because it is what? A display of God's divine nature. It's his nature. And so when men look at the creation around them, God says, I'm giving you revelation that is for everyone to know about me and the basic revelation of who I am. And that is my invisible qualities that can be seen physically through the creation that I've made for all men to see that there's something you can know about me, God says, and that is my eternal power and my divine nature. Anybody who's ever spent any amount of time in creation and denies God is a puffed up, prideful fool. You have to be an absolute moron to not see that all that God has created with all the order did not come from chaos and by happenstance. That never happens. The house you live in didn't get there because of an accident. The car you drive didn't actually be manufactured and end up on a lot at the car dealership, boom, from nothing. There was a Create Design Manufacturing Company that developed that automobile. It's so ironic to me that there are men that I do know that have a lot of clout with people in the, in the influencing world that would basically make fun of anyone who actually believes that there is a God who created all of this within this incredible universe that we live in. I say this, 
it is absolutely moronic for any man who sees anything that God has created and think that this absolutely came, all the order, all the beauty, all the design, everything that we see all just came out of an accidental poof in with no design, all chaos, and it creates an incredible, impeccable order. Really? That is moronic. And the reason it's so moronic is because you're prideful, because you think you're smart, and you think that mere men have all this figured out. They don't, not by a long shot. In fact, God... Not me. I'm not saying this is God's word. God says, this is what he says. It's so true. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or even give thanks to him. But here's what, they, here's what the, re, the response was. God says, but they became futile in their thinking. That's moronic, worthless in their thinking. Their thinking is all stinking jacked up. It's messed up. And they're foolish. That's right. God says, if you deny his existence, even after seeing his incredible creation, God says, you're a fool. Because a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Are you going to believe some guy that made up this entire debacle called evolution? that we've evolved from apes and chimpanzees? Are you absolutely kidding me? Have you ever seen any half-evolved chimpanzees or apes? Have you ever seen that? Do you know? No, the real process of evolution is a degradation. It's never increasing and greater. Always oh, say, no, 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 no. The reason things exist is because, see, those things that couldn't survive, they, they didn't survive. Are you telling me that somehow some unintelligible thing actually knew to develop an eyeball so we could see or lungs so that it could breathe or skin to cover its bones? And what this is so moronic. It's almost it's laughable that people believe this. The reason is because their thinking gets moronic, unable to think correctly. And you know what the root of it all is? P-R-I-D-E. It is pride. It is I. It is me. I'm God. I know it's what it is. But what's ironic is they worship the creation that God makes instead of the creator God. Isn't that incredible? That's absolutely unbelievable. And so their foolish um, hearts become darkened. They become futile in their thinking and it says claiming to be wise, or they're all going to tell you how smart they are. Oh, they're so bright. They're so smart. And yet they can't even, we didn't even know DNA was a thing until the last very small number of years. Let me tell you how we've so advanced. Let me tell you something. What's incredible. From the, from the known finding of man, for those thousands of years, and I know some of them are going to say, oh, no, we've been around billions of years. No, we haven't been around no billions of years. But anyway, for what we know of man that we find that are thousands of years old, we rock along, and the most advanced we can get is to ride a, mon a, a, a donkey or a horse or possibly develop a wheel that we can stick on a wagon. And we did that for thousands of years. For thousands of years.
That's incredible. That's, but there's a reason for all this. We can get into this to another podcast. But what's amazing here is you're going to talk about how, how intellectually bright we are as men, how smart we are. Uh, we are intelligent and we are smart in, in, in this respect that we are created in the likeness and the image of God, according to Genesis chapter 1. There's a reason you're a triune being because you're created from the triune God. One God, three persons. You're one man with three parts. The mind, the body, and what? The spirit. You don't understand how the spirit resides in the body and why it will not leave the body until the body dies. You don't understand that. You don't even understand or comprehend how all that can work, but it does. We can't even understand how the brain operates or the eyeball itself. How does all this stuff happen? This is incredible. Oh, no, no. We just somehow evolved. It takes creative intelligence to be able. We didn't just like evolve from a mush. No, when man was formed, when God said he created man, he created man and man was created just like that from his word. Every animal, every species, that's how it happened. And that's what the Word of God says. And I believe science does prove that. Now you say, oh, but there's some in science that don't. Well, there are many in science that do believe that, okay? So anyway, what I'm trying to say here is they claim to be wise, they become fools, and they exchange the glory of the immortal God for what? For images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. That's right. They begin to worship creation, they worship creation. They worship this planet. They worship animals and created things. Instead of worshiping the creator who created all things, we worship creation. And that's a degradation. That's not an evolution of, of greatness. That's a degradation from who the image and likeness in which we were created. So this is what happens. Therefore, God gave them up into what? To lust into the lust of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So God simply says, okay, you're going to deny um, what you can know in nature about my divine nature. You're going to deny all this and you're going to worship creation. Then I'm going to give you over to the foolishness of your own thinking. And God does that. So men begin to what? They begin to do something, dishonor their bodies. Lust take over. And then it says this in verse 25. In 24. Let me see here. In 26, excuse me. For this reason, God gave them up. So in other words, God just says, okay, if that's what you want to believe, here you go. To dishonorable passions. So we move from a degradation of the lusts of the human body and leave the design that God has for man and women who wrote the book, created all things, knows how things work. We exactly say, well, you know, God doesn't exist. There is no God. There is no sense of morality, right and wrong. We do and move whatever we want, wherever we want. What is good for me and moral for me is good for me and moral for me. And whatever you want to do goes. So when you, when you move the standard of the creator and you make your own standard there is no standard because standards can change according to people and a culture that moves further away from the truth of this that god is the creator and we need to answer to the creator 
And we need to seek the Creator, right? So God gives them over, and here's what happens. And we see this in our own society. This is where it goes. A very huge, loose, sexual revolution. And the further that this nation got away from the Judeo-Christian values, in other words, those things that are built upon the premise of the Word of God, that God the Creator, He is he is the God who created everything, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this God of this word right here. When we get further away from that and we deny those things, then God gives them over. We have a sexual revolution. We've already had that in our country. Sex is the most prominent thing in this culture, and anything and everything goes. So God gave them over, and now there's something unnatural that happens. So what did they do? For the women exchanged you know what? Natural relations. Where does that come from? Because God has set things to be natural and normal according to the way that he designed them. But when you reject the God that created and designed things to be a certain way, then anything goes. And so the natural relation for a woman to desire a man and be with a man, because see, simple logic will tell you that outside of this present age of technology, uh, it took a male and a female together to what? Propagate life. In other words, we can't even continue as a human race unless a man comes together with a woman and they have intercourse and we have a child that is conceived from the sperm and the egg. It takes both to create life where God says the man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh and life continues to happen and God designed it to happen that way. Oh, no, no. We've evolved. We, we, somehow this, this unintelligible thing that has no uh, ability, where did, the, where did that even come from? Where did, where did the essence of all that even come from? It, it, even in that logic that we figured out that we got to be male and female and that the two have to come together and the parts got to work right and they got to fit together and woman's got to have eggs and ovaries and she's got to have a reproductive system and be able to have a womb and all the things. And males have to have what? The seed? And it's got to... Oh, yeah, this all just happened. you got to be a moron to believe this stuff, man. It's absolutely unbelievable. But the reason is because they reject the truth that God, first of all, exists and that he created all things. It's become vogue today. And so what happens is now we don't even have natural relations where a woman desires a man. Now that's not even normal anymore. Now we have what? Women desiring women. And he starts with that because it's mind-blowing because of the maternity desire of women. And you know what we still have? We'll have women who are desiring women, but they can't have children because they desire children because they still have a maternal instinct. So what do they do? They use some sort of man's creative way in science to bring about what God ordained and created to be. And they can now through technology, through artificial insemination or embryo transplant, all of those things, they can now, what? Still have children, but they still can't do it without the male. <laughs> it's just not in the act of sex. And so, see, their minds become twisted. It's, it's just backwards. It's jacked. It's not right. It's all a beginning of where it started, and it's all the fallen nature of man, and it is pride at the heart of all men because God says, listen, I've given you some general revelation about who I am. But when you reject that, what God has given you in the very creation which you are part of, things go off the rails. And then Paul says not only that, 
They exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. We keep getting this word nature. There is a divine nature. There is a nature of man. There is an order of man. There is a way in which God designed things to be. But when futile thinking is in place and moronic ways of thought are in place and the mind gets twisted and able to think right, now we get away from what the very nature of what God designed. Those things that are natural and normal. And then he moves on and says, And the men likewise gave up natural, notice this, natural, normal relations with women. That's a normal thing. That is natural, guys. We know this. But your culture you live in will tell you, no, that's not true. That anything goes. You can have a natural desire for whatever and do whatever you want to do. No, no, that's not the natural, normal way in in which God made man. It's not normal. It's not natural. No matter what anybody tells you, that's not the case. What is happening is the fallen nature of sinful man is at play. And they've rejected God in his general revelation. And now they what? They become skewed in their moronic thinking, twisted and futile. And now things don't make sense. And they're not natural. And they're not normal because they have left what? They've left the creator out of it all. And things begin to fall apart. And the men likewise give up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men. That's what the Bible says about that. And receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. In other words, that's wrong, okay? And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, here's where we are in our country. I'm telling you, we have we are living out Romans chapter 1, uh, You can see it just in the last 60, 70 years. You can see this incredible downfall of America and the morality of this nation. So what happened was they didn't acknowledge God, so God gave them up to a debased mind. Now, a debased mind is a mind that is not able to think right. It's debased. To do... What ought not to be done? What ought not to be done? They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are all full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, God-haters. They absolutely hate God. Insolent, haughty, there you go, pride, boy, pride, 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 pride. Boastful, oh man, they're boastful. And they are inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die they not only do them they have no fear of god they mock god they 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 are boastful in their sin they flaunt sin 
They flaunt these things, but they give approval also to those who practice them. If that's not a picture of the history of the morality and the situation that our nation is in, I don't know what to tell you. That's exactly what happens. And the root of it all is pride. It is the rejection of the truth in, in general revelation of creation. That what? That there is a creator God. Men know this just did not happen. But see, this is, this is the, the reality. And the root of it all, guys, is pride. It's pride. That is the absolute um, hub of what it all is. And let me just give you a few more things, and then we're going to go to, the, to, to doing the next one here. That's why we read in James chapter 4, verse 6, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. See, when, when a man humbles himself, God gives that man grace. But when a haughty, prideful, boastful man resists what can be seen by even creation, God opposes that man. And the only way anyone can ever come to God, yes, the Spirit of God draws us, but humility, humility. Humility is one of the most important things we must have in our lives as men for prideful men are opposed by God now I know there's a lot of them out there that are but they're going to even mock this podcast if they heard it they'd even make fun of it they'd even say all kinds of things about all the things that were said here today but listen let me just say this every knee every knee listen to me according to Scripture, will bow and will confess that Jesus Christ, He is Lord. And every single man, woman, who has ever lived will stand before the God who created this incredible world and universe that you see and you in the recess of your deepest knowledge of what you know, he exists. You're going to give an account and stand before that God. And not because I say it, because what I say means nothing, but because the word of God says it. And you say, well, John, there's a lot of books out there, so on and so forth. That's a whole nother podcast. This is what God's word says. And we know it to be true. And so I just say that to say this. Don't be prideful. Be humble. And ask God to show and reveal himself to you. Just acknowledge as you look at this incredible world we live in. If you are a hunter and you like me, you love to hunt the backcountry. You love nature. And there's something very, very connecting by being in it. What you're witnessing, guys, all around you 
is you're witnessing incredible design and order, the seasons, the the all the different you've got those that are prey and, and those that are predators. And you everything design-wise, from the very smallest insect all the way through the kingdom of all the animals, we have order and we have design. Where did all that come from? The seasons, all the all of the foliage. Everything we see, what is going on here? You are seeing God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. And all of creation is testifying to you of this truth. And that's why you know it to be true. But your pride resists it because you have to acknowledge that there's a creator and then he has a standard. And I need to what? I need to humble myself beneath the creator and I need to find out who he is and what he wants for me to do. But men suppress the truth in their sin and unrighteousness. For although they know God exists, they neither acknowledge him nor give thanks to him. But guys, you don't have to end your life that way. You can humble yourself before God. And remember, he opposes the proud, but he draws near to the humble. Humble yourself before God. Ask for God to reveal himself to you. Humble yourself before him. And God will, he will reveal himself to you. He has in limitation in creation, but there's so much more you can know about God. And he even sent his own son, the eternal son of God, the second person of the triune, triune Godhead to come. God with us, Emmanuel. What is that all about? God with man. And there's a reason that he came. Because you're separated in your sin and rebellion against God. In Jesus Christ, the only way you could be redeemed and brought back into the very fellowship and communion that God designed and created for you. When Adam sinned, all men in Adam from then on have died and they have sinned. We received his imputed sin and unrighteousness. But Christ came what? to atone for all that Adam failed to do and the sin of all humanity as the God-man who would what? Live and give his life as an atoning sacrifice to redeem you. That means to purchase you through his blood because that's the way God set forth that it would happen. I don't have time to go into all that, but if you don't know Christ, you don't know God, you've resisted all these things, but you can see his creation, don't be prideful, man. Humble yourself and just say, God, if you're real, I want you to reveal yourself to me. And I can promise you that God is faithful and he knows your heart. And God is one that draws near to those who humble themselves. Guys, we're going to have to get to part two. I want to wrap this up. I want to thank you guys for spending some time uh, with me this day on this podcast. And uh, just remember, um, pride is an awful thing. It's a terrible thing. It's something we're all susceptible to. And yet it doesn't bring glory and honor to God. It is replacing God in our life and putting ourselves on the very throne of our own life and elevating ourselves above God and above God's desire for our life. So I'd encourage you today, guys, if you're struggling with pride or you notice that this is something that is in your life, just repent of those things and humble yourself before God and live humbly below him with greatness and gratitude of heart. Guys, thank you so much. Stay gritty. That means to keep enduring, keep living for Christ, and do it all for the glory of God. Until next time on the Gritty Men Podcast, we'll see you then. 